is up? This is John Nelson, and you are listening to the Starting Block Podcast. This is the podcast for complete athletic development. So if you are looking for a raw, uncut look into the trenches of how to develop athletes and how to have optimal performance, then we are the show for you. Um, if you're new, I want to welcome you to the show. Uh, give you a quick breakdown of how our show works. We usually have four different types of episodes that we'll get into. The first type of episode is going to be uh, the soup of the day, the soup du jour. It's a uh, Dumb and Dumber reference there for you guys. Um, this is uh, going to be the most common type of show where we'll just, uh, Chris and I, uh, my co-host, will take a topic and we'll break it down, uh, give you guys some information um, on that. The second type of show is going to be more of a Q&A. So these are going to be uh, questions that you guys have submitted directly to us, clients or athletes. And we will answer those uh, questions and give you guys the tools that you need to win. Uh, the third type of episode is going to be a guest interview. This is where we will bring on colleagues uh, from across the world. Uh, and they will share their stories uh, of success and how they win and help give you guys the tools for that as well. And then the fourth episode is going to be uh, John Ranting. Um, so this is just where... If you guys know me, you know sometimes that uh, I like to go down some rabbit holes and I'm very passionate about what we do and uh, sometimes I just need to brain dump and get it out there. Um, and uh, those are usually about 8 to uh, 15 minute shows. Um, so today's episode is going to be an interview. Um, and before we move any further and before I get Chris on and our guest, uh, I just want to say that this is a, a very humbling opportunity um, for myself, uh, this particular individual. Uh, has really shaped and molded uh, my career, uh, and he honestly didn't even know it. Um, you know, this is uh, somebody who inspired me to get involved into this world, and uh, it, it really means a lot uh, to have him uh, with us today. Uh, and so with that, I'm going to actually bring our co-host, Chris Scarborough, on now, and the, Chris is going to uh, introduce our guest. Absolutely, yes. Uh, <clears throat> I certainly consider him a mentor. Uh, since 2005, uh, probably learned a lot of what I was doing wrong <laughs> prior, as well as uh, kind of a whole different way of approaching um, athletic development in my particular case, but also uh, had an impact on how I work with everyone from uh, from athletes to elderly. So, uh, first of all, Jay, um, Thank you again. I'm going to just uh, duplicate what John said on, on uh, having you here. We appreciate it. But secondly, a lot of people actually think you're a myth, that you aren't even a real person. And uh, we're here to, first of all, say that, yes, he is a real person. He's here with us today. And yes, secondly, uh, ladies and gentlemen, Jay Schroeder, the myth yes, is here, live in person. He, so he is here. I wish I wasn't a real person. <laughs> <laughs> but... Uh, uh, but anyhow, um, yes, there's, uh, and, and secondly, he's referenced, Jay is referenced probably more than anybody I have ever seen in the strength and conditioning industry. I and I think, and, and oftentimes it's coming from someone else. It's not coming from Jay himself. So rather than bringing on someone who thinks they know what Jay was saying, we decided, Hey, let's ask Jay himself to come speak for himself, and uh, he agreed to be with us. And thank you again, Jay. We appreciate it very much. Yeah, thank you. It's uh, nice meeting you, John. And just so you know, my uh, one of my best friends, uh, he died about 20 years ago, but one of my best friends was named John Nelson. He, uh, <laughs> wow. He played for, the Dal played for the Dallas Cowboys. 
I don't uh, I don't believe that was a reference uh, or a family tie-in right there. And, I, and I'm actually a Giants fan too. So. <laughs> yeah, I grew up a Giants fan. My dad played for them. Oh, uh, really? He, yeah, he broke his nose eight times in one year. Oof. Oh, wow. Said, yeah. You know, I think he was making like fifty cents a game, and he said, "I don't think there's any future in this." Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I, I still have his helmet. I, you know, it's unbelievable that those guys played the way they wow. did. Wow. <laughs> Absolutely. Wow. Man. Well, Jay, one thing we de- we definitely want you uh, to tell us, and uh, and that, and that is, how did Evo, whether it be the Evo Code, Evo UltraFit, your your systems, how did they come about? I mean, give us the origin because they didn't just you know come around for no reason. There was a reason. There was an origin story for these. Yeah, the the impetus, the genesis for for doing what I'm doing now and what I have been doing, just so you guys know, it has never changed in 45 years. It does not change. It's far ahead of its time and it's still far ahead of anything that anyone's doing. But anyhow, I came about because it was necessary for me. I was in an accident, you know, Reader's Digest version, head injuries, broke my back in six places, neck in four places, yada, yada, all these things, you know. I, I don't remember most of it. Most of what I, I do know is from what I was told. Um, and over the years, I found out that it's really been brain uh, trauma. And, uh, you know, today I, I still have some problems. Uh, the, the older I got, I'm 67 now. I'm when this accident was uh, when I was 20. So it was quite a long time ago. But I, I needed something. Um, because I was afraid to be paralyzed. I was afraid to be in bed the rest of my life and not be able to do anything on my own because I had always done everything on my own. And it was really scary, uh, to be honest. And had an osteopathic physician, and uh, he didn't know what to do. They put me in traction at home because there was nothing in the hospital they can do. There was no sense of my parents having to spend money that they didn't have. And uh, because the guy that hit me was not insured, so it was all on my own. But uh, he gave me some Soviet training journals. Obviously, they were translated because I don't read or speak Russian. Oh, I speak a little enough Russian to get in trouble. <laughs> and uh, I started reading those because that's all I could do. My father set up. A little platform over my head, and I had. You remember the old pointers, Chris, in school? The teacher, John, I don't think you're old enough. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I had one of those, and I could flip the pages. Well, ended up reading those, uh, I don't know, 30, 40, 50 more times. And I, I never really grasped anything. I wondered why he gave them to me because they were simply about training and nothing to do with what I thought I was experiencing at the time. And then all of a sudden, one day, it clicked, and I started reading everything all over again and went, well, this is my solution. And I had trouble feeling. You know, sometimes I was numb from nipples down. Sometimes I was numb just on the right side, left side, legs, upper hands, feet. It, it was it was very random and sporadic, um, but enough to keep me in bed for you know, close to a year and a half without really doing anything. So I started to do everything in my in my head. And I figured that if I could create pain somewhere, 
anywhere that I could get feeling back again. Well, I was extremely successful in being able to do that, and I could replicate that pain, and then pretty soon that pain became control of muscles, and hence where I'm at today. You know, nobody would ever know. I, uh, if you were my wife, or you've known me for, you know, 30, 40 years, then there would be some things you would see, but otherwise, out in the real world, nobody truly knows. Um, and I thought, son of a bitch, if this works for me in this situation, what would it do for somebody that wants to play sport? Or just somebody who wants to live a better life? And that's how I started to develop the system. I did a lot of reading, as you can imagine. That's all I truly could do. And I read everything and anything. I studied every supposed training system that had been or was in existence. And I didn't study them for their successes. I studied to see what the failures were. Because if you can look at a system or anything in reality and see that all of the failures are exactly the same, then you know there truly is a system. If the failures are random, then there is no system. They've just taken a bunch of information from all of us, throw it against the wall. If something's stuck, that's what they do. And I said I want something that will allow the human to be actually be able to display the miracle that we all are by birth. And every human deserves to have the opportunity to do whatever it is and apply it however they want to. To me, I believe that if everyone was happy with themselves and was successful, whatever it was that they chose to do, writing poetry, climbing mountains, you know, being a poor gym owner, um, and anything in between, then you're less likely to covet what someone else has. You're less likely to want to take something that someone has. And because you like yourself, you love yourself, you'll do that with your fellow men. So there's a real selfish background in Evo. Evo, um, I have a strong belief in God. You know, that's the only reason I came back, I believe, from, you know, I was trying to play football, and I think one day God said, Jay, you are not good enough. And I said, no, I'm going to make it. And he said, no, I'm going to make sure you don't because we need to use you somewhere else. And that's how it came to be. I didn't understand that in the beginning, you know, like everyone else. Why the hell did this happen to me? What did I do wrong? What, what, you know, what's going on? Anyhow, through all these readings and studies, I, I created a system. Believe it or not, I wrote it down in about 12 hours. My mentor, Robert Plenty, who's also not with us anymore, um, he was a, a gung-ho American. You know, he was uh, Special Forces, and I was reading all this Soviet stuff, and he didn't really care for that. But, but we were best of friends, and he, he let it go. You know, always told me I need to get on the right side you know, rather than reading Soviet stuff. But then when he saw what I was doing with it and what he had been doing, he was one of the first people, just so you know, to squat a thousand pounds legitimately. And he would do it uh, every 30 minutes 
at his work. His business was selling exercise equipment and then setting up training for the Yuma prisoners. So I went with him everywhere and did everything and, you know, and, and um, he had his health problems. He was in the hospital and he called me and said, hey, if you want to see me alive one more time, come on over because I'm going to die. And, you know, I can answer any questions you may have. And, and I didn't have anything, but I didn't want to lose him as a friend. I went over there and was having conversation. He said, look, it's, I, I'm going to go home to die tonight. And, you know, I gave you first opportunity to speak to me. And if you don't have any other questions or anything, then I'd like to tell you, I totally disagree with the source of all your information but I've seen its value and I want you to pursue it to the rest for the rest of your life and to your dying day. And I said, okay. And he says, cause you are the best strength coach in the world. Not because you know more than anyone, not because you've studied harder than anyone, but because you've implemented every single thing, you know, every variable, how they work together, the good and the bad, you know, nothing is all good and nothing is all bad. So you have to understand there's a trade-off. And if there's seven negatives and only two positives, will those two positives outweigh those negatives? If they will, then continue what you're doing. If not, then you need to, excuse me, find and affect the variable that will change that to the way you want it. And from that point on, that's when I started taking it seriously. I started experience, experimenting on my family. And uh, some really cool results, and then I just moved forward from there. But the basis has never, ever changed. All humans are miracles. Every human is fast, powerful, explosive, fit, possesses endurance. We have everything inside us. We are lacking for nothing. The problem is, is that we don't know the command or don't have the key to unlock the door to allow it to be displayed. So EVO, which is actually evolutionary training, but I think people had trouble with uh, multiple syllables. So it became EVO. Some people even called it evil, you know, um, <laughs> literally sometimes we would be on a bench press for eight or 10 hours because we measured everything and if anything was flawed we began over at the start so you were prepared when you came in to have to spend the whole day if not then don't come to evo originally it was called ultrafit okay and what's happened since then is ultrafit is the knowledge and evo is the dissemination of of the knowledge you know business stuff you guys each own your own businesses. You understand all that. Right. And I had to separate it for legal reasons. Anyhow, because if somebody, you know, they could take everything if they wanted. So I have two different companies. But we all know it is evil ultrafit. Okay. But ultrafit right. was really the, the training system itself. And we also believe that um, movement is the key to life. Velocity is the key to movement and position 
is the key to velocity. Those there are the basic tenets of how everything came to be. You know, now we explain it as absorb force, create force, create force quickly, create force quickly many times. And if you don't master A, you never get to see what B is. And that pisses a lot of people off. And a lot of people who play games, you know, and even play games for a living and make money and a lot of good money at it, think that they're beyond that. But in reality, they're not. And then I further subdivided that into breathe, sit, stand, and walk because those form the basis of every single thing we're going to do in the rest of our lives. Whether it's us speaking to each other here, asking and answering questions, whatever it is we're doing. Okay? Our nervous systems are responsible for every single aspect of every single thing we do. So unless you have a healthy, plastic, virile, dynamic nervous system, how can you go into a gym? You can't. How can you play sport? Well, you can. But as we're seeing, and I think, John, I, I, I heard a few comments, um, and, and, and I'm going to paraphrase you because I don't remember it exactly. I'm old and have long-term, short-term memory loss. And uh, you said something about kids today uh, have devolved they're not very prepared for anything and, and it's it's mm -hmm. it's our fault and it's their fault and it's their mm -hmm. parents fault you know um and because of this not everybody can get back to the miracle that we were born to be you've lost that opportunity typically by the age of three or four years old depending on when you how early you mature now, that doesn't mean you can't improve where you are. But if somebody says, well, I want to run a, a 9-3 meters, when we evaluate, there's certain things we look at, and there's no hope of that. But it doesn't mean you can't be quick, because quickness is reactive ability, starting strength. You know, when you get to acceleration, that takes something very special. I like to think of it as we all know what feed forward is, right? Um, I mean, excuse me, feedback. We all know what feedback is. And you put your hand on the stove and you pull away. Feed forward is what we truly need to live as this miracle. Um, again, to utilize everything that's inside us. It's all there. We're missing nothing. God gave us free will. And sometimes we don't take advantage of that. We rationalize why we don't have to do certain things or why we like certain things or whatever it may be. Um, and that's the problem with, with kids today as I see it and elite athletes also. And if you look at the elite athletes, and we'll just uh, for now define them as people who get paid to play sport or display a skill. Um, they come to me and stay with me. They all have one thing in common they understand that they are a miracle and they aren't even close to living their life as a miracle. They may not see until after they retire what they're truly capable of. I work with people who write poetry, music, interpret music, interpret you know writings and books and things. We train the same way as if, I don't know, John, if you train for anything specific, 
you know, but we train exactly the same way. There is no difference because everything, the base of everything is exactly the same. Without a healthy plastic drill dynamic nervous system, we go nowhere. And then I further subdivided that into what I call pipes because everybody likes acronyms, physiology, intellect, psychology, emotion, and spirit. Each one of those has subheadings of uh, different physiological traits, which then have uh, subheadings uh, dealing with the energy systems. And all of those things come into play at some point. But the beginning is always breathe, sit, stand, and walk. So, Chris, you're doing Evo Code, and, and originally I think we were on here to discuss what Evo Code truly is. And Evo Code is a subset of uh, Evo Ultra, Ultra Fit Evolutionary Training, um, formed by myself, my wife, and a uh, baseball player that I worked with for many years, had tremendous success, and his partner. And they wanted to help uh, give back to kids. And that's how Evo Code came to be. And Evo Code is a entry level. It's all the things that I just been mentioning. Um, it's within the Evo family of system. We don't try to get strong. We don't try to get fast. We don't try to get explosive. We don't try to possess endurance. We prepare to recover from when those displays take place. Because we want to be able to replicate them over and over and over. Now, you guys, I know you've trained a lot of people in your careers. And Chris more because you and I are older than John. But we've probably all seen exactly the same thing. We see somebody who comes in and they, they bench, squat, deadlift. I think deadlift is your favorite exercise, uh, John. Is that right? If I had to pick an exercise uh, for, I guess, a, a strength component, yeah, I guess I would say deadlift. Uh, That's, I, I had heard that through the rumor mill, but um, it's also <laughs> my favorite, and then bench. But it really doesn't matter. If all we did was bench press, we could get everything we needed. We could be faster. We could jump higher. We could display tremendous force with our legs if all we did was bench press. Because you see, you can't separate your upper body from your lower body. Everything communicates to each other. And then we all know about cross-crawling when you walk and you run, you know, right arm, left leg, left arm, right leg, and those things. And not everybody's capable of doing that, especially when you apply uh, high force and extreme velocity. And then throw something where the, the skill is even more complicated than what they think they're going to have to do. Evo prepares you to do all those things and to recover from those. Within the system that you're in, Chris, I, it, it, to me, um, it was probably paragraph one of what I wrote originally within the system. <laughs> I'm in paragraph yeah. one after all these years. <laughs> yeah, you're <laughs> kindergarten. Right. Um, but that doesn't mean you don't move forward and you don't get faster and you don't all the things you want to display. It doesn't mean those don't improve. But it means you need to prepare yourself to come for what's coming next. We have to, I like to say master, mastery. It's a real word I like. I think it's an old word, but I'm old, so it's okay. And, you know, I, I had a chance to, many chances to visit with Dr. Yesis. His wife and my wife and I used to meet in Sedona and have many discussions. And, you know, uh, Mel Sif. Verkoshansky, you know, I'm old, so I got to talk to all these guys. And then when I was in Russia, I got to meet a lot of people. And, 
is interesting because Yuri would say, uh, I, I use this, but I was told uh, you don't use it this way. And I said, no, because it doesn't work. How you know it doesn't work? Who you do this with? I saw I do it on old people, young people, whoever I have is bullshit. Cannot work with old people. I said, sure it does, but it works this way. And if you're prepared to this level, now you can accept this and these bits of information. You know, it's like, um, you know, people are always saying, we need to eat natural. You know, all the beef has to be raised in a certain way, the cattle this and all that. Well, we all know that it's all good, well and good up until the last 30 to 45 days before they slaughter it because then anything goes. They can inject it with whatever they want, however they want, when they want. So, you know, it's kind of hokey, but they charge us a lot of money for it, and some people pay for it. But it's like that. Let's say it was natural. And uh, how old are you, John? Are you 30-something? or 35. 35, okay. So for 35 years, you've been eating and, and living however you've been eating and living. So if you introduce, say, some natural product, it's not going to do anything for us. Your body, your brain has no idea what to do with it. So it breaks it down and gets rid of it in your waist because it has no clue what to do. And what if, you know, and, and maybe in the real world today, you know, people are talking about, you know, making us eat bugs and things because we don't deserve food, you know because we're not the same class as someone else or whatever. But if you're prepared, you can get anything that you need from anything you take in. Because that's what makes, that's why we're the miracle. That's what makes us a miracle. You know, I've had people, and Chris, you know this because we've talked about it, who did nothing but eat ice cream three times a day. They could eat as much as they want. And we all know that people get tired of eating ice cream eventually. You know, it sounds like, yeah, that's what I want to do. But they were able to replicate the same results as somebody that was eating the, quote, most healthy diet eating plan that you could have. We did nothing but drink milk, whole milk, skim milk, all day long. Because you have to spread things out like that. And produce the exact same results. So it just goes to support everything that I thought from the beginning. Every human is a miracle. We may not see ourselves as that because we see that we have extreme weaknesses, and we all do, but it, still, it doesn't mean we're not a miracle. It just means we need to work and learn and grow to be able to live like that. I can tell you this, that if it wasn't for evil, I would be bedridden. I would not be able to do the things I do. What it takes to accelerate a motorcycle from zero to 209 miles an hour in 13 seconds. I'm also slowing down to zero in that time, by the way. <laughs> the fine motor skills are freaking unbelievable. Because if you squeeze the brake just a little too much, you flip over the front. If you use the rear brake, it's a little too much. The back end washes out, and you're out in the desert. Or, you know, and most people aren't going to survive anything that's 200 plus miles an hour. 
It applies to every single thing. You know, I I met my wife, this my second marriage. And after I was divorced, I met Cindy, and I knew I had to marry her. She was a client to begin with. And she set up the deaf education program in the Mesa school system. She set up programs at Gallaudet University, the Deaf University, many books when dignitaries president or whatever dignitary came to the valley here um, she was the one who interpreted and everything and when I, I watched her and listened to her because I would go to her classroom so that I could learn something that I may need someday and I just said to myself I've got to marry this woman and she did not like me uh, we were not friends <laughs> she did not like the way I trained her and anything like that so that's that's Evo. Evo is never about lifting weights. Evo is never about jumping high. In fact, in my weight room, I don't, eventually, people won't accept it at this point. I don't want any weights. I don't need them. What I need is what you have here, what you have here. That's all we truly need. Pipes, physiology, intellect, psychology, emotion, and spirit. You know, it's a cruel joke that God played on us. He gave us those things, or the ability to demonstrate them, utilize them. But the joke part of it is, is that if one of the five are at 98% and the others are at 100, you render everything useless. Because they're only available to us if they're all at 100%. That's how I started to create my training protocols. Um, and everybody thinks IsoTream was first, and it wasn't. Altitude Drop was first. But I didn't know the vastness of how inefficient people were. I didn't really have an understanding of how inefficient and or how unwilling they were to sacrifice something. We're not talking about money. I mean, John, when I started, I charged $40 a month. What could you do with $40 a month per client? <laughs> not a whole lot. Not, not, not much today. But, uh, yeah. And if you were a client when you I could, started. You could buy that new pack of bugs, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> well, not the high class bugs. Maybe caterpillars, you know, not roaches. But if you were a client of mine when you started and you were still here today, I never raised your rate. I never asked for more. That's what we agreed to. That's Evo. We make an agreement. We make an agreement with ourselves. You know, people come in, and I'm sure you guys get this a lot. Jay. I read about you, I heard about you, I talked to this person. You can produce results. I don't produce results. The individual produces the results. A coach doesn't tell you what to do. A coach guides you, gives you the opportunity to learn what you need to learn in order to be able to help yourself display what you want to display. That's why people get so upset with me, and I'm an asshole, and I'm a jerk, and I'm this, and I'm that. Me, I... I ultimately don't really care because if I can look at myself in the mirror then I'm okay um, because I don't tell them everything 
If I tell you something, did you learn anything? No. Do you know all the ins and outs? Will you have mastery and command over that? No. So my goal has always been to put people in a position where they have to learn or fail, and then they give up. Oh, 95% of the people I've ever met, that's where it's been. They give up. They fail. Because Jay won't tell them this, Jay won't tell them that. And again, I'm the jerk. Yet, nobody loves people more than I do. And I'm not telling you I love everybody individually, because there are people that I don't like, as well as there's people who don't like me, which is fine. That's the way it is. We all wouldn't go to dinner with everybody in this world and have a fun conversation. Okay? Mm. But I love human beings. I love people. I love animals. Because they're God's creation. And every single one deserves the opportunity to live as the miracle they were born to be. Not be put down um, because they may have a flaw. Because they're deaf. Or they're, they're blind. Or something doesn't really matter we all have our flaws but we all can overcome every single one without drugs without medication without special foods you know I, I listened to a, a podcast because I wanted to learn more about you John um, before I did this because the eye and pipes part of me right so I could participate intellectually. Mm -hmm. And <clears throat> it's, it's important to understand, I, I heard you say, and, and because I'm going to be critical here, it doesn't mean anything, because we're all here to learn, right? Yeah, that'd, that'd be critical, please. And I heard you say, in the ISO extreme, it doesn't matter where you go as long as it's where you can go. And that's absolutely wrong. Because if you can bring your knee to your chest, you can do an ISO extreme squat. If you can bring your arm, let me get in the camera here, behind you, you can do an ISO extreme push-up. You just may not have the commands to make that happen or want to make that happen because it's too uncomfortable. You're not willing to endure the cost of that. And again, it's not monetary cost. It's intellectual. It's emotional. It's psychological. Those are the costs that we have to be able or willing to endure. Hence, pipes, physiology, intellect, psychology, emotion, and spirit. Okay? So if, you, if I had someone, which you can ask my current wife or my previous wife, and they don't want to do it, bye-bye. I've had uh, athletes that make, and this is years ago, six, eight million dollars a year, that I said, bye-bye. Because they didn't want to follow the system the way the system is designed. You can... You come into my facility or I come to you, whatever it may be, it's the system or the highway. There is no in-between. Because to me, this is a system that prepares you the way God intended. Okay? Again, I believe in God, strong belief, but you may not. But somehow we got here. And to be loyal to that is how we get to live is this miracle. Because we, we've all seen things where we've had clients or ourselves We've done this wonderful performance. Our coach, our spouse, our team, our friends. John, how the hell did you do that? Chris, how did you do that? And I almost know word for word what you said. I don't know. It just happened. 
right? Were you thinking about the greatest achievement, performance of your life when it happened? No. So why the hell would you want to think about benching while you're benching? See, there's a real important thing, and if you haven't gathered by now, pipes is really important, because we're now talking about the psychological portion. Okay? You need to understand what the end is. And the end isn't scoring a touchdown. The end isn't running fast. The end isn't displaying a bench press. The end is something far greater. What is the end of our life? What does it feel like? Now, I'll give you mine. And I've cussed a couple times, and I hope that's not a problem, John, Chris. I, you know... Yeah, Sorry. you're all good on this show. <laughs> but I, I'm going to give you really. what my end picture is. And in reality, it's the feeling of the end. It's not the end itself to see it, but it's to feel it. Because if you can't feel it, you'll never be able to achieve it. Okay? And Bruce Lee, he said a lot of things that were on that order. Okay? And look how freaking awesome he was the things he could do. Yet he still had his limitations. But anyhow, my end, feeling of the end, is a sexual release, an orgasm. It's the most powerful thing we do as humans. It brings together all of pipes into one action, the same as it should be John, when you go to bench press, squat, curl, deadlift, jump, whatever it is you do. Chris, for you, it's in doing that Russian lunge, just getting into an ISO extreme lunge. Okay, It should be there every single thing we do when we're on this podcast. Again, John, the reason I watched things was because I wanted, not only wanted to participate intellectually, but I wanted to understand a little bit about you. Because I knew nothing. I already know enough about Chris. Way too much. But, okay. Because it's important. If you don't understand that, you'll never be able to feel what that person is trying to express in their words. Because we don't communicate in words. We say words. But what happens inside our mind is they're converted to pictures. And we then have to feel what that picture represents. That's how we communicate. And if you don't, well, you're never going to be the best at anything. You're going to, no doubt, you can reach some level of success. And a lot of people are, as we've all seen, are satisfied with this, even though this is where they could be. But they're satisfied with this. You know, I, I had a client, and I used to have this whiteboard, and everybody would take a turn writing their thought for the day and it stayed for a week but it was called the thought of the day and this one woman wrote set your standard low and you don't have to work as hard and you'll never be disappointed pretty cool huh <laughs> anyhow she was a nice old lady she was, she was 53 when she started with me but anyhow I'm sure that stimulated a lot of questions. There's a couple more things I want to say about what contributed to Evo and to my experiences. 
and then maybe you can more understand why Jay is the way he is. When I worked for Lutheran Healthcare Network, I technically was in the wellness program, but I was on loan to everybody else in the hospital, and I saw psych patients, um, teenagers that I was in a padded room with, with a window about this big, um, that wanted to kill me because I was something that they thought they could never be or never attain. Um, time in the diabetes center, uh, we'll just say physical therapy, cardiac rehab. I set up programs for patients that were long-term, six, eight, ten months in the hospital and they weren't out yet. I met the medical director of my program in this manner. He had a young high school girl who was in the back of a pickup truck. They went to lunch and they had to stop quickly and she was thrown out of the truck. Insurance was running out and she wasn't anywhere near where he felt comfortable releasing her, but they had no more, family had no money. And uh, he heard that there was this strange and interesting guy working in the wellness department, the gym I was in was 300 square feet. We had the old universal machine, Chris. Oh yeah, <laughs> familiar, <laughs> yes. Really, I worked to blow it to heck, right? Yep. But that's all I had. And my 300 and some square feet included a shower. <laughs> okay. So there really wasn't a lot of room. But he brought her in, he brought in a stack of papers this thick telling me about her history. I said, I'd like to bring her by tomorrow because we have 14 days and I'd like to feel comfortable releasing her. So he said, do you think you could devise a program for me over the next few days? And I said, of course. So I read all the information the next morning, you know, in the hospital, uh, what do you call that mail where it goes through the air tube and it right. sucks it through? What do you uh, call that? Pneumatic guy, uh, yeah. You right. know what I'm talking right. about, right? Yeah. And he had it in his office the next morning. And he called me and said, did you read everything? I said, oh yeah. So we're having this, she did this, this worked, and then it didn't work after a certain amount of time. And I said, I have it figured out, I know what to do. He said, how do you know? I said, because I'm feeling everything she goes through. And that's how I create programs. So if you wanted a program, individual program, I would gather my data and then I would feel everything you're going through when trying to perform what it is that you're training for. And that's how I then create the programs. When I feel those things, oh, I can solve it in 20 seconds. It may take me hours to write the program, but the absolute solution I already understand. So it's about a feeling. Everything is about a feeling. And here's the secret to training. One thing I have never heard anyone, no one has ever said at least that I've heard, who says that I've helped them or done this or that and provided information and impetus for them to move forward, is that when you're training, if you feel anything, it's wrong. The only place you should feel is in your heart. If you feel your hamstring, if you feel your quad, if you feel your biceps, if you feel medial deltoid, it's wrong. Because remember what we just talked about. John, you've had a great performance in your life, I'm assuming, athletically. 
something you never thought you could do? Have you? Yeah, um, yeah I mean, I, I guess so, yeah. Okay, or setting up your business. People may have said, nah, John, maybe I don't think you'll be successful doing this, and you were able to do it. But when they ask you yeah. again, what were you thinking about? I have no idea. It just happened. And that's the preparation we're talking about, why we don't train for performance. People train to get strong. Well, shit, anybody can get strong. You can do everything wrong and get strong. All you have to do is add body fat and you get strong because you create, you know, pressure inside where things push off each other and, you know, and, uh, you know, it's so, so you can do literally so the anything. end. Pardon me? The end is not as the end vision is not as much a vision as it is a feeling. Yeah, it's a feeling. Is that and it has to be a feeling, John, of whatever your life is going to end up being. What are they going to write on your gravestone if you have a gravestone? I don't know what it'll be when we all die, you know may change by then but it's whatever you want it to feel in your life as a human on this earth that's the end and that everything you do will improve you towards that end and if you want to play football along the way or you want to be a power lifter along the way or you want to be a dancer or you want to be uh, write poetry or you want to be a teacher or you want to be whatever Everything will work towards that end. Everything will make sense. There won't be, oh, man, I've got to do that ISO extreme for five minutes, ten minutes. <laughs> ah, John, Chris, you guys are freaking joking. That's ridiculous. Well, you see, there won't be that anymore if you truly understand the feeling of the end. And I don't know any other way to describe it other than the end because okay, to me that's kind of terminal <laughs> okay. and whatever that feeling is and you really have to get inside yourself you can't just say like I'll give you an example a hockey player well I want to score the winning goal I want to I want to feel scoring the goal in the Stanley Cup seventh game tie game and I win the game okay well, that's so <laughs> shallow <laughs> It's that's not your life. Your life is more than that. But if you work towards whatever the feeling of this ending, and again, it has to be your own. It can't be what Jay or John or Chris thinks that it might be for you. It has to come from inside here and in here. Pipes, physiology, intellect, psychology, emotion, and spirit. Then everything can make sense. You know, does it make sense to either of you to hold 300-pound bar on your chest for one hour and five minutes and then be able to press it to the top in less than a second? Does that make any sense in the no, real world? It doesn't. Physically, no. <laughs> no. There's no, nothing we're going to do in life that does that. But if you understand what has to happen to not let that bar sink and make a permanent indentation, break your ribs, whatever... 300 pounds is a lot of weight for some people. Maybe not for either of you guys, but some, some people it's a lot of weight for. And then to be able to press it, oh, I can't see my arms here, but boop! Because it has to be done in less than a second. Now, everything that goes into that, that's what's used when you get on the field to play. 
that's what's used when you go to the gym and do your drills or whatever it is your coach or your mentor has you doing. That is going to be, you'll never say, wow, man, I'm not coming back anymore. I can't do that ISO extreme for that long. I can't do extreme slow that long. I had a guy from the Cardinals, big ass tight end, and he was one of those guys, you know, Jay, I get paid $3 million a year. I don't need to do this. I said, well, that's fine. For whatever reason, he decided to continue coming. <laughs> he became one of my biggest spokespeople. He brought, at that time, the general manager of the Cardinals in, the head coach, the trainer, the strength coach, the doctor. And he showed him, because he could hold 400 pounds on slightly bent arms okay, for 20 minutes and then follow it up with five reps. Okay, elbows 45 degrees, lower arm perpendicular, chin on the chest without raising your head, shoulders down, hips up, feet flat on the floor, lower legs perpendicular, all of the basic rules of a bench press without a flaw. The general manager said, wow, I've never seen, he was a player, he, he was on the Cardinals teams when they won championships, mm -hmm. so you know how long ago that was. And uh, I said, I've never seen anything like that in my life. And this player said, well, I can do it on glued ham. I can do it on squat. I can do it on deadlift. I can do it on anything you ask. Because we don't train exercises. If you said I could only use a hang clean, could only use a bicep curl, could only use whatever, I could make it all work. It fits into the system. I use the exercise movements I choose because they give you and you and everyone else the opportunity to feel, okay? And if you feel it, it's wrong, unless the feeling is here. should feel nothing in our extremities, nothing in our body except our heart. John, are you married? Yes. Yes, okay. So, obviously, you've experienced love. Yes. Where did you experience love? In your heart, heart, right? Because it wouldn't be love if it wasn't here. You would be lost if it was up here. Okay? And there might be a little love, too. You know, sometimes you have to have love to get the love. Hmm. You know? Okay? <laughs> but anyhow, everything is from here. And if we can create an atmosphere where that is, everything else is easy. You get to do what you want to do. Now, unfortunately, we're human. And we have the gift of free will. And we can rationalize any damn thing we want. We can rationalize that Jay doesn't know anything. The exercises I've chosen give you immediate feedback. So I'll say to someone in the gym, Chris, John, what did you feel when you were doing that? And unless they've been here a while, I felt my hamstring when I was pulling down. Okay, so we're going to start all over. What do you mean? So you're not supposed to feel your hamstring. If you feel your hamstring, it's wrong. Because it means that, you know, we'll just keep it simple here. Antagonistic muscle did not lengthen. 
at the same level of force, same velocity, at the same moment in time, for the same length of time, yada, yada. That's not how you exist in life and how you get to be the miracle and do all the things that we think we want to do. Okay. That has to occur. The basis of everything we do. Okay, so if you guys want to ask me some questions, <laughs> go ahead, because I've still out of the Oh, head. man. Okay. All right, John. <laughs> I'm, I'm, yeah, me I'm too. Me too. And yeah. I've, I've, I've um, been at this for uh, 17 years, so right. this is, uh, I'm still processing. <laughs> well, Chris, you know Charles yes. works yes, Charles with for me, yes, right? Sir. Yes, and Charles. When, when I die and Cindy dies, because the business of Cindy is in mine, my wife, and when we die, then it's going to be his, and he can do whatever he wants with it. Um, but when I taught Charles, I didn't tell him anything. I gave him a movement where he could learn. And if he didn't learn, well, we didn't have anything to discuss. And there's something very, very cool that happens after doing an ISO extreme for a minimum of three minutes. And it's not fighting it. It's not working through it. Because Charles and I and other people, my wife, we've had people in a push-up position sit on our back. I've had 250-pound women sit on my back and do an ISO extreme push-up without caving in, but yet still pulling down keep increasing that joint angle to the true greatest joint angle and then for 10 minutes and when they get off be able to explode up out of that uh, push-up position onto a box one hand on each box that was 46 inches high now do you think getting on a field of play of any kind would be difficult after that <laughs> no <laughs> it shouldn't be <laughs> Right. Not at all. You'd be able to do everything right. and anything. You know, it's strength is the underlying factor to every other physical quality. But it doesn't mean you have to bench press the world. It means that you need to be able to recruit these muscle fibers at high velocity and at the same time lengthen. Because, you know, everybody likes to stretch, and sometimes they call it relax. Muscles never relax. They either contract to shorten or they contract to lengthen. They're always contracting. I always like it when I hear a trainer tell me, well, his glutes aren't firing. You oh, guys yeah. have heard that all right. day, every day, right? Oh, yeah. Well, they're firing. It's just that they're shortening. They're not ever lengthening, so we can't ever use them. But they're firing. They never stop. If muscles don't work, we crumble up. We're, we're worth nothing because <laughs> that's what gives us our shape. You know, it's muscle. And, again, it, it doesn't have to be bench press the world, but it has to be able to utilize everything you have. So, John, I'm going to make something up here, okay? Just, you know... For the sake of this on camera here and for the people who are going to listen to this later, hold your hand up here. And we're facing each other, and we're going mm -hmm. to hit each other in the chest. Mm -hmm. Okay, and I'm going to say that you bench 500, and I bench 150. But if I get to your chest first, who wins? 
You. Me. And I bench 30% of what you do. But I can create it at a much faster rate than you do. And it doesn't matter if it's 66% less than you or 1,000% less. I win. I always win. The smallest, most powerful athlete always wins. And as long as I mention the word athlete, I only know a handful of people that I would actually call an athlete. Everyone else plays games or they engage in sporting display. I have only met in my 50 years of doing this a handful. Three of them are women that were quite amazing. And, you know, everybody wants to be an athlete, but an athlete is somebody who has mastery and control over every aspect of their life. Because you can't get to the point where you feel nothing when you're moving, when you're moving a load, when you're jumping and landing or hitting an, an opponent or whatever it may be. Until you get to that point where you feel nothing, you're never going to be an athlete. So an athlete isn't somebody who plays games and gets paid. It isn't the definition we always hear about and what supposedly these kids look up to. If you get on my website, and I'm sure you've checked it out, Absolutely. Chris, I know you have. Um, if you look at Helene, I don't remember how many years ago I met Helene. I met her because she had just finished her third surgery for brain cancer. And she had other types of cancer also. She had shoulder problems, hip problems, knee problems, because she ran her whole life, high school, college. She was a nurse. And because of these different types of cancer, they told her, get your life in order because you're not going to be around long. She didn't want to believe that, but everybody told her that's the way it was. And however she got wind of me, she got wind of me. And she came in and she first met with Charles. And long story short, Helene spent maybe 40 minutes in the gym. She would never run more than one or two miles a week. And she set, uh, I don't even know how many records she has now, 15, 18, 20. First one was running from San Diego to Raleigh, North Carolina. And she ran the equivalent of a marathon every day for 93 days in a row to get to North Carolina. How many people have you met that can run a marathon within a week and be healthy? 93 in a row. She was raising money, obviously, for cancer patients. At the end of each day, she would go to the local hospital, and she, that's how she planned her route. And she had people in a car that would follow her, and you know, because she had been attacked multiple times. You know, people just aren't very nice. But anyhow, she would go to the local hospital and speak for a couple hours. And then she'd always have to have her ice cream <laughs> before she would go to bed. And then she'd wake up the next day and do it all over again. The only thing that happened was is she went through 37 pairs of shoes. That's the only negative. She wanted to run back, but she had to be tested because she still had a stint. Okay, So she had to be tested. And they told her that, unfortunately... We have some lymph problems, and they wouldn't let her run back. 
Now, to show you what kind of person this individual, Helene, is, she comes into the gym with a stint in her chest. She had chemo and whatever else they did to try and kill her for over 60, 65 days. And I didn't talk to her every day. I talked to her maybe once every 10 or 12 days. And uh, I gave her things to do while she was in bed. And the conversation was always, which she's getting ready to do now, Jay, let's come up with a strategy, strategy for me to run across the tundra in Canada. And she wants to mimic the run that, uh, I don't remember his first name, Fox. He was trying to raise money for cancer and he ended up dying in the middle of this run. She wants to duplicate that run and finish it for him. And we had planned this strategy. Now it's coming to fruition here. She's been out of the hospital now about two months. Uh, when she came out of the hospital, she was about 65 pounds overweight. Looked like, looked like hell warmed over. And she trains 20 to 30 minutes a day. Again, she never runs more than one or two miles a week. There's people who she does lectures. She's movies made about her. I don't even know how many books. I've written the foreword in multiple books for her. And that's truly the way she trained. And people can't believe it. How can you run a marathon with only running one or two miles a week? Yeah, it can't that's... be done. It can't be this. It can't. And yet we were able to do that. And it's all the things that I'm talking to you about. Now, obviously, Chris knows, John, you don't, and your listeners won't. But this is extremely organized. I'm anal to the point of my wife, my kids, my friends. They don't like sitting and having a conversation with me. They don't like eating a meal with me. Um, you know, because I live this 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days per year. And the extra on the leap year. Okay? I live it, I live it, I live it. And people don't always want to be around somebody like that. Because if you stand, I also noticed, John, that you stand with your feet um, inappropriately. You stand on an inappropriate part of your foot in a couple of these podcasts. That turns off your nervous system. When your nervous system is turned off, you'll never be able to get into position or the correct position. And I think I also heard you say that uh, it's either 90 degree angle or nothing, right? It's 90 degrees or a straight line. That's where humans want to be. And if it's not, then there's a problem. Now, excuse me, there are a couple of things, but we don't need to get into those. But anyhow, if you start in the wrong position, how the heck can you ever get in the right position to begin to do the movement that you're going to do? So you can't just stand there and I say, okay, Chris, John, we're going to do an ISO extreme wall squat. You can't just get over and get against the wall any way you want. You have to follow the rules of human design in order to get into position so that you can execute the wall squat appropriately and get to this no feeling at the end of this movement. 
And I don't know who may have said this before me. I, I don't ever claim to have said anything first, but the entry position and the exit position are all that matter. Everything else in the middle is minutia. But if you try and screw with that minutia by playing around with it and improving it, you screw up the beginning and you screw up the end. You have to let the minutia happen in the middle, however it wants to happen. What we need to make sure is the entry and the exit. Nothing else in the middle matters. Never change it. Never try and change it. Because you're going to screw up the entry and screw up the end. Now, let me tell you a little bit about something that I did and how I know and I, how I've mastered these variables. is because I trained myself to do some really cool, wonderful things. Okay? I've benched 550, I've squatted over 700, I've deadlifted 700, had 198 pounds body weight. I could, I, I was uh, on the border of being a national champion velodrome cyclist at 251 pounds. And Chris, you've trained some cyclists, John, I don't know if you have or haven't, but these people are 120 pounds, 118 pounds, so I'm over double their weight. And my kids went with me to this national event, and in six events, I lost to the same person. And I was losing by like this much, where they were all photo finishes. Didn't matter the distance, 200 meter sprint, kilo. My kids started rooting for the <laughs> other guy because they knew he was going to beat me. But in reality, I'm 250 pounds. This guy is a third of my weight, or, you know, I, I really won. You know, I didn't because I didn't cross the finish line first. But to move my weight at that velocity, wow, that's what's really cool. Now, the cool thing that I think is cool, and yeah, I spell it with a K, and my wife said cool never is started with a K. It's always a C. <laughs> my wife is, um, you know, <laughs> uh, we'll just say like a savant. Genius IQ, photographic memory. We have a son that I used to say, no, it said this. And he goes, no, Jay, if you remember, it's, it's my wife's son, not my son, but our son. No, if you remember, page 13, paragraph 3, sentence 2, this is what it said. Oh, yeah, okay. I thought it said something <laughs> like that, you know. So we, we don't want to do anything except what's right at the start. And if you're right at the start, your brain will probably take you to the end that's correct because everything is based on reflex patterns, reflex arcs. Um, John, is it all right if I'm critical again? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. All right. I don't mean anything negative by this because this is my job. This is what I do. And right. I live it. I go to them. I can't go to a mall and sit there. I can't go to a restaurant and sit there because I'm always looking at people and giving them hints on how they could eliminate their back problem. And I don't even know who they are. Okay. But, there's two things going on with you. It looks like you have uh, level two neurological fatigue. And the other thing is that the uh, right side of your brain is not fully functional. You're always putting your hand here. Okay? It's telling us that that part of the brain needs information. So you have to give it information. Obviously, that is the most important part of the brain 
if you want to be a real athlete. So those are the things we look at. Those are the things we eliminate. It's not all about just looking at form on a bench press because anybody can learn good form. That's not a hard thing to do if you want to do it. If you don't, well, then it can be really difficult. But then I ask you to leave. The hard part is in being able to support being in that position and what happens afterwards. Um, we have several little tests that we do after a performance is made, if it's a ISO extreme, uh, manual overspeed, extreme slow, whatever it may be. And just for your guys' knowledge and the people who listen to this, ISO extreme and extreme slow are truly one and the same thing. One begins somewhere other than the extreme position. The other begins in the extreme position and you try and increase that greatest joint angle. Imagine if you could create force in the camera here from here as opposed from here. How much more force could you create? Um, tell you a little story. You guys have inertia impulse machines? I did. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. They, they were the, they were a very sophisticated rebound and altitude drop, we'll say. And the guy that created them, we're very good friends, still to this day, very good friends. And he didn't like the way I was using it. So whenever I was out of town, he would come in and tell Charles how I used it wrong and everything. And I'd always call him and say, come in when I'm there. Come on. Come on. So he did. And he brought one of his martial artists with him. As he was going to show me, because everything, I don't know, do you guys have the, the measurement system that goes with it? No. You can, no? Okay. No. See, it's like uh, data logging for a car or a motorcycle. It tells you everything and anything you did, needed to know and didn't want to know. And so he had his, his guy demonstrate and was extremely braggadocious about the levels that he was performing. And at the time, I had Adam Archuleta and Todd Heap. Todd was a bigger guy, tight end, 6'5", 265, 280 pounds, depending on where you, what time of year. And uh, <clears throat> those were going to be my two demos. And so uh, Todd went first. And Todd went, and he blew everything away that this martial artist just did every single aspect every measurement was far off the chart and he looked at me not todd but our inertia impulse guy and said how the hell does he do that he says because we train and here's how we train now nah, i can't be it he says let me see your other guy well the other guy was adam and i'm not going to go into the story but basically he was enamored with Adam, and he said to me, Jay, let me tell you what Adam can do. If he was standing in front of you, he could take his hand, and he could go into your head, and he could knock the head off your shoulders because he produces that much force. Your head would be on the ground, and you wouldn't even know it's coming yet. He was so fast. Now, since then... We have 
old women, young women, and I only use women because people think of them as weaker, not being able to produce the same thing a man can produce. And it's totally not meant that way at all. But people tend to believe that. I have women, and Steve no longer, he doesn't own the company anymore, by the way, but he no longer would send me free parts because these women were breaking the machine <laughs> on a regular basis. They were creating so much force at such great velocity. We weren't just breaking the ropes and the connection. We were breaking the upright. <laughs> we were breaking the plastic off of there. We were breaking the platform. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, those. Are... Now we just repaired ourselves. Guys, I'm gonna have to get out. I've got clients coming in, but uh, I will let you guys in the interview. I do appreciate it very much, Jay. Uh, I've got to exit. So. Yeah. Thank you. Thank Chris. you, guys. Yeah. All right, Chris. Yep. Uh, we'll talk soon. And Jay, I'm probably gonna have to uh, get off here too. I've got uh, yeah. I got people coming in as well. Um, Any questions? But, you want uh, to ask I, me I really, as long as I'm in real life here. <laughs> I have I have a lot of questions, and uh, I don't even really know know where to start. Um, you, you've made me really think about some things. Um, so I'll be honest, man. And our listeners are gonna hear this, and they're gonna hear me stumbling because you really made me think about it well, isn't that what it's all about john um, if not, it is it is and, and what i want to move forward right and that's and i think that's that's one of the things that you've given me without even knowing it and you talk about the i was going to tell you this off air but i feel like going ahead and tell you now um and then yeah i do need to i need to get off this but you talk about the end being the feeling and you know and i may be way off on this so tell me if i'm wrong because i'm open to being you know I, I want to be the best you know and I remember, so you, you may may or may not remember Elliot Young, but Elliot Young was yeah, you know, a first reminded me of him, a decathlete. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, and Elliot kind of introduced me, you know, to to this, you mm -hmm. know, a little bit in high school, and, and you know, and then I I started to I started to look into you, and you know, you asked me earlier if I had ever had an athletic feat that I you know I, I had, and it's not necessarily just an athletic feat as much as it was. Like I had a tumor on my spine mm. and, you know, and I was, there was a good chance that I may never, you know, walk again mm -hmm. after that. Mm -hmm. But the whole, you know, the whole process of it all is, I remember finding you after Elliot put me through some things and the Adam Marchaletta videos and, and all that. We don't need to get into all that. We, I don't know to talk about that another day, but I said that that's what I, I want. That's what I, and I, and I felt that like I could, I could feel it. And, and throughout my You're career, creative. that's what it's always been yep. like. I, I wanted to carry on, you know, one day, you know, the the things that I clearly still have a lot to learn on, but just carry that on because I knew there was something different, something special. And I think you answered the, I, you answered the question without me even asking of where the other programs failed. And again, maybe I'm wrong on it, but other programs fail because they missed the entire point. Yes, right? and the, let the me just interject real quick. When I study these other systems, they all fail at high load, high volume, and high velocity. So I knew that if I could come up with a way to train at high load, high volume, high velocity every day, we would be a success. That's a very important aspect. I'm glad you brought that up. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. And so it's just, you know, you say you're, you're a firm believer in God and so am I. And it's, uh, 
you know, it's not ironic that, uh, you know, we're here together talking. It's, it's been great. And I'd really like to do this again at some point if, uh, you know, you'd, uh, if you're open to it. I think we could, you know, continue talking and maybe get into some of the nitty-gritty stuff of those programs and, and, uh, and everything else. But, uh, you know, I just I, I appreciate your time, and, you know, I hope, you know, I hope we can just communicate the same clear message that, you know, you, you try to put out there as well. Yeah, so, yeah. so it's nice so to I just want to, want to say thank you. Who wants to be the greatest miracle that they can be. It's really refreshing. So yeah. thank you. Well, yeah, well, I appreciate your time, Jay. Thanks so much. And, uh, yeah, uh, we will uh, we'll definitely be in touch, and hopefully we can do this again soon. Absolutely. Have a great day, sir. All right, Jay, have a blessed day. Bye-bye. All right, that's the show, guys. Appreciate you guys. Love you guys. Have a great day.